Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. You decide to go to Juilliard. Mm. Who was in your class? Are you trying to get me to say famous people or just what do you want me to do? Well, I'd love famous people, but who, you know, people that, that the listeners might know. Sada Ramirez of ER fame and mm-hmm. um, Madam Secretary was in my class. I wasn't in the same classes, but I'm I'm best friends with Carrie Preston, mm-hmm. who is on The Good Wife and right. currently on Claws. She was at school at the same time as me. And you were in the acting program. I was in the acting program. Alan okay. Tudyk, who's in the new Star Wars. All right. All I want to say was that was my dream growing oh, up. Really? Yeah, to go to Juilliard. Tell me, like, what was was it? I mean, you're you're fucking you're right at Lincoln's. Yeah. I mean, it's it was great. It's you're. It was I, terrific. Yeah, I can't. I, I will say this. at the There were some difficult years at Juilliard. You know, there were cuts. I was still there during the cuts years. They had a transition of different artistic directors and stuff. So there were some, the, the idealism of the first Juilliard when Michael Howard was on faculty and they had people like Patti Lapone in the class and Christopher Reeve and Robin Williams, that mm-hmm. kind of heyday, William Hurt, right. Kelsey Grammer. That was before, right? right? And then there was this midsection where we were, which was very, a lot of growing pains and a lot of difficulty a lot of the same teachers but some of the the cutting policies were very tough right you know and it made you feel like nervous like there was an axe over your head all the time right and and it was tough and i i would say a lot of people were very traumatized in a certain i'm not going to say which span of years but i know what they are about mm-hmm. their time and a lot of people don't even want to go back into the halls of juilliard they're so ptsd so it's not all wow. it's not all robin williams and christopher that's Reeve. what people think of yeah that's what they think now it's a lot better like now when i see the fresh-faced 
kids coming out of Juilliard, you know, because I was there 15 years ago. Like when, but now in the last say seven years, people are coming out very hopeful, like Anthony Mackie, and right. they're coming out, you know, Jessica Chastain. They're coming out full of promise and vigor because they haven't had it beat out of them. But a right. lot of us had the the will to live and act beat out of us. So when you that's are, the truth, and anyone who went to Juilliard will know that right. there wasn't. It's it tough. was sort of like they were like my parents. They were right. mean all the time but i loved it i right. got into three or four different drama schools when i auditioned and what'd you audition with i audition <laughs> such an actor question i auditioned with imogene from cymbeline which mm-hmm. is a monologue where she wakes up next to her lover's dead body that has been all right just do the very beginning oh posthumous alas where is thy head i mean where's that I could have made it funny, but I'm not going to. But she's okay. looking at a headless body. Okay. And then I did George Wolfe's The Colored Museum. Mm-hmm. I did a piece from that, which was about uh, a girl giving birth to an egg, like an actual giant egg. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an interesting proposition for me to do a piece from The Colored Museum, not being an African-American right. person. I talked about it with George a little bit later in life when I was working at the public. But, you know, it was I grew up in a in a culture with no Asian-American role modeling. So I was grafting myself as and also as a mixed race person onto other people's. Right. Uh, you know, analysis of race and identity in America. Did anyone make any comments about your identity during your at years Juilliard? at Juilliard? Not really, but it reflected in my casting. And it was That's, funny yeah, that yeah. all the, you know, Juilliard, you're, you were hostage to casting. So you're in school from, you know, eight in the morning till 11 at night because mm-hmm. you have class, 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 rehearsal project, right? And that's seven days a week. It's a, it's intense, like right. boot camp, right? And, you know, if you get stuck with shitty casting, you're still there. Right. And you've paid the same amount of money for voice and speech classes and movement classes, but now you're playing a two-line role as a maid. It's right. very frustrating. And so we, I did fine at Julia. I just like to say that I did fine. I got, I got great agents when I came out. I did mm-hmm. fine. But my casting was a piece of shit for a long time. And when it started to change was when outside directors, not inside that little insular political system came in. And then they, and then they just looked at us and cast us. So I had a really good time and I went, I chose Juilliard cause I wanted to be surrounded by singers and dancers right. and composers and, and musicians. Like that's the kind of, Artist right. I've always wanted to be an, and am. And so I didn't go to a straight up drama school where I wouldn't have that. I chose the Juilliard right. purposefully, you know, and I'm so glad that I did because I still have a lot of relationships with people. one of my great friends now. We were never friends in school ever is this chick, Brianna Reed. She was mm-hmm. the lead ballerina at Alvin Ailey for no 10 years. No way. And now we're talking about collaboing on no, some like music that's video awesome. stuff. So yeah, that's the kind of world that right. I wanted to live in, you know? Right. So she's so, so people are like, do you know any dancers? I'm like, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. Like, that's what you get when you go to, do you want any musicians? Well, no, I happen to know. No, yeah. I just give one a call right now. So did you stay in New York after I the did. Juilliard? Yeah. I mean, I did regional theater a little bit. Right. But basically I stayed here. But it's so exciting, wasn't it? Did you pinch, pinch yourself every day? Like, oh my God, I'm at Juilliard. I'm at Lincoln I Center. loved being there. But like I said, it was dramatic because of this, the kind of the culture of getting cut and punishment that was prevalent. Right, right, right. At the time I was there, I know it's changed. And it's changed in the last 10 years. And God bless the kids going through now. We all look at them as a bunch of pansies there. Right. Like, You're all a bunch of pansies. Look at right. you. Look at you with your positive reinforcement and not getting cut in second year. Shut the fuck up. You know, yeah. we started with 25. We ended up with 17 in my wow. class. So that's eight, eight was, people bit the dust. So, so like, every, did like, you know, like, how did you know? You got did, warnings. So, so the people weren't surprised when they got cut. No, not really. But did, they must have cried and everybody. It was just dramatic as hell. But well, it was, did did anyone become a huge star after getting cut? Uh Kelsey Grammer. Hmm. I think Robin Williams cut himself. He, right. He just quit. Uh yeah, Wes Rams. Wes Bentley. He didn't. Right. He didn't. He quit. A lot of people quit. Because it's cut. just so fucking hard. Well, because they just wanted to work. Right. And they're like, fuck this place. I'm not learning anything. Right. It, depend, it d- would depend on what you needed to learn and who was there teaching right. you at the time. It was like, a, you know, like any other place. Right. But um, that's so exciting. I became friends with Mary Rogers Gettle. Oh, yes. She was She's, the chairman of the board at you, the time. Yeah. Um, my friend Kate is really close with the, her her daughters, and yeah, she was the chairman. And I decided and a way of avoiding getting cut would be to become friends with the chairman of the board of the Juilliard School. So that is what I did. I also became a writer for their newspaper, and I thought if I'm writing every single month, then yeah, they can't about God, the drama division. Smart, yeah. Oh yeah, I hedged my fucking bets. 
So you leave there. Yeah. But but when you were a teen, you were on Canadian broadcasting, <laughs> the teen news show, What's New? <laughs> And you gave movie reviews yeah. for teens. So you had some on air. Did you get paid for that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I got paid a couple hundred bucks or whatever. It and was. did you keep it? Did you? Yeah, I kept Well, I wasn't allowed to do it. I had to do it quietly and silently and sneak off and pretend I was going to the library to study math. And I would do that instead. And did your parents see you on TV? On they the... hated it. They, were, they didn't want it to happen. They were all about medical school, as I said. It's not a stereotype. It's true. Right. And uh, once in a while, their friends would be like, oh, we saw Kate on TV. And they'd be like, ha ha, yeah. And then I'd get in trouble at home. Oh, fuck that. It's not like you were out smoking or doing no, crack. No. Fuck that shit. So what are the first jobs you get out of Juilliard? Regional theater, classical theater jobs. I did As You Like It. I did Actors Theater of Louisville. I did a Thornton Wilder play. I did The Christmas Carol, which is a rite of passage for every American actor. And did you feel successful or were you like, I I can't fucking do this shit? When I graduated, I was like, I'm too old. This is not going to work. How old were you when you graduated? I was 25 Yeah, that's really old. That's really I've old. always looked th- around this. I look a little older now, mm-hmm. but I've always looked around 40, mm-hmm. maybe 35 at that time. You don't. And so you look younger than 40. Do I? Well, oh, you. yeah. I look at you. That. Well, I've always looked around this age. So when I was 25, I still looked kind of this age. And it was, you know, it, it, uh, whatever. Our business is tough on everybody, I know. as you know. Right. And so, again, I was hedging my bets. I got out of Juilliard. I did these plays. Now, if I if I could go back and tell myself one thing now, and I tell anybody one thing now, including everybody in this room, it's that if you do not invest and imbue your current achievements with their full fucking glory, you are missing out on your life. If you're right. always looking at like, yeah, but... I'm not that. I'm not Leonard DiCaprio. Or, or yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm at this party at Caroline's Comedy Club, but other people are at the Oscars. If you're always looking outside and you're not actually imbuing the fun of this moment right. and the richness of this moment. And the process. Like, you have to enjoy the process. Well, I've only learned yeah. that in the last five years. And I've yeah. spent a lot of my life going, fuck, you know? And jealousy. And it's just like, oh my jealousy, God. But there's also room feeling, for not even jealous, just feeling bad inaca- about myself. Inadequate. And feeling yeah. like I've never gotten there. And you know, I've done a lot of interesting shit. In oh my, my God. I have. I've, you I've gotta look like up, Kate. Hyphen. I mean, it's unbelievable. Now, I went into comedy almost right away, though, out of Juilliard, I have right. to say. It was about a year and a half out. And I've always loved. Where, where'd you go? I went to Carol. I went to Andy's show at Caroline's. Oh yeah, and Andy. I did. But I, he wanted characters. <laughs> that's funny. right. He wanted characters. Remember, he was all about characters. Yeah. He still is, right? Yeah. He's really into that, and that's fine. And so I had a natural segue into characters because my growing up, I'd always like my. I was a huge fan of John Leguizamo, Gilda and Whoopi. Radner, I read and that you Whoopi were, yeah, and all of that. And so I'd always emulated them, and done. that's why right. I called my show Chinkarama right. back in the day because it was a an homage to Spicorama. Right. right. But anyways, I, I've always like admired those types of artists. So it was a natural segue to get into the comedy club doing characters. Right. So they were kind of characters doing stand-up as well. Right. They, they were telling jokes, but they right. were character. Right. And I did that for a while. And then I was like, I'm not good enough at stand-up. I'm too long form as a, as a trained Juilliard actor. You think in long yes. piece, not in setup punch, but, but it's also I'm still like that a little, but it, you know, it's so that's a good point because I mean, look, my jokes are not like, but I'm boom, but I'm boom, but I'm boom. It's a punchline. Right. But I, 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 I don't, I'm not, I'm not that great when I have to do a six minute set on a TV Ugh. show. Cause I'm like, okay, gotta, uh, gotta get it out. Gotta get a laugh. Gotta get a laugh. Gotta get a laugh. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know one of the funniest things I ever what? saw you do? Gotta get out. You and yeah. Leah at a benefit and Leah made you scat. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Where so was enjoyable. that? It was on the way on the west side, like at the zipper. Yeah. It was like one of those little. Yeah. Yeah. And then she was like, do some scatting. Oh, God. My mother used to be like, Hilarious. you know, the only reason they scat is because they can't remember the, the words. words yeah. yeah. Okay. So what the Campbells. Good God. Was that another? Did you like get a, a resume of mine from 1987? No, that was a drama. Is that, that you even were on. on my IMDb? It can't be. No, I do. I read interviews and shit. Oh, oh, okay, that's probably right. Yeah. So uh, the Campbells. The Campbells was like a little. It was a like a pioneer show on CBC television, and I was. <laughs> 
Did it tell you what part I played? No. I played a native Canadian person. So now we're touching some very sensitive kind of political material here. Wow. Just for those of you at home, I am brown and I've often been mistaken for a Native American or Native Canadian person. And if you want to get all technical on my fucking ass, we share DNA. Wow. Because the Indonesians are the ancestors to the, exactly, three and a half of me to the Filipinos, but we also share this kind of, uh, you know, blood. Let me just put it that way, of the migrating peoples. So who the hell knows? You know what I mean? But no, I am not technically a Native American or Canadian person. And so I would never, ever probably be able to play a role like that again um but so you did shinkarama yeah you did birth of an uh nation uh-huh. uh wait you did which was called somebody's kid in its first incarnation at ps nbc and here theater space it changed oh yeah remember that hbo of yeah of course i do yeah I did uh you did happy lucky golden tofu panda dragon good time fun fun, fun show. show correct which was such a, a great Fucking Thank name. you. Happy, lucky, golden, tofu, panda, dragon, good time, fun, fun show. What's it about, Sweden? <laughs> Is that what it's about? No, it's about Asian stuff. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. You also, which people might know you from, for three years you worked on the doc, on Dr. Phil show. I did, which was a happy accident and fantastic. So- and With Kathleen Madigan, although we never worked together. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So- We did the you, same kind of thing. So you would go out, first of all- what the fuck is Dr. Phil like? Dude, he's awesome. And he's, but he, his entire staff, his entire senior staff is women. I can't say anything no way. bad about him. Yeah. What? Everyone so, from his showrunner to the senior producer. I love so that. What am I going to say? You know? Is he, um, is he a trained psychologist? I think so. Here's what I know about Dr. Phil. He's got great boundaries. He doesn't fuck around. He doesn't leave himself to any, open right. to any crazy or litigation or anything. He keeps it real professional right. all the time. He actually seems to care about people-ish. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a TV show, for God's right, sake, right, right? Right, But when I was on, this is what happened. I can only speak of my personal experience. I got asked to be on by a, a, a producer who I guess had researched my comedy or my shows or something right. and said, will you come on and be on a panel about race in America? I said, okay. great, yeah, sure, yeah. I'll be the Asian person, right? And so there was me, an African-American person, a Latino person, a white person, we were all talking about racial bias and the difference between racism and racial bias, which for those of you at home who don't know, racial bias is more about preconceived notions about race that are not necessarily right. negative or exclusionary, but they they do fall in the spectrum of racial profiling and racial and racism, racial thought. Um, so the new it's more nuanced, you know, like assuming that all Asian people are Chinese, for right. instance, right? Is racial bias. Um, so I had to talk about that, and I spoke in my and I wore a giant Hello Kitty necklace, and I looked cute right. in my little suit and stuff. And I came on, and after the show, we're taking pictures, and he has this like meet and greet area for all the guests, right? Whether they're people with problems or us on a panel, right? It's the same meet and greet area. He comes right. in, takes a couple of group shots, and he's out of there, right? So he comes in, we take these group shots with everybody, and it was jovial because we were not asking him for help, right? We were, like experts or whatever. Right. And he turns to me, he goes, you're great. You should come work here again. And then walked off. So I flipped around and I said to the producer who booked me, he just said, I'm great and I should work here again. Can we make that happen? Right. Here's my phone number. Here's my information. And that's how that happened. Wow. Good job. Yeah. My mom would say, why did you alienate everyone you ever work with? You only work for three years on Dr. Phil. Oh, my God. Little does she know. um, So it was great. So then they started tapping me just for regular. It was really fun. I did Man on the Street. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Like, you know, interviewing people about what animal would they be. You know, Briggs-Myers testing. things. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it it was a blast. I loved it. Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. 
I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but fast growing trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces, but I live in an apartment and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew. The space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. You've been on Law & Order more than once. Many times. Okay. The, I think uh, you've been on all the Law & Orders. Hoochie Who was hilarious. Hilarious. You And was Mar- Mariska looks at you like you're a fucking asshole. I love Mariska. I yeah, told her she was a stone fox when I met her in the makeup trailer. She's the she is a she, stone fox. She's so beautiful Woo! and so nice. Who knew? Like I know she looks good on TV, but in real life, people, holy. But you know, Jesus. I went up. I was at a benefit with Did you her, tell her and she her was husband. A stone fox? No, I went up to her and her husband. I go, listen, can I just ask you guys a question? And like, it's a real question. They said, yeah. And I said, what's it like to get up in the morning, look in the mirror, and be like, great. <laughs> And then go outside. Like, what is that like? And what did they say? They were like confused. I go, oh my God, are you fuck? Look at you. You get up. Like, what? I said, what's it like to go to the gym? And be like, yeah. And come and then walk out and be like, oh, I can go on a modeling shoot. Right? Like, what the fuck is it like never having to worry about whether you look good or not? Like, Meanwhile, what the fuck? I have to like mind game trick myself to get to, no, we're not really going to the gym. I'll pretend I'm right, not right. going to the gym. I'm just going to pack these running shoes, but I'm not actually, I'm going shopping. Or right. I'll make a, I'll t- I got my steps yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> um, You do a lot of voices on Family Guy. I did some voices on Family Guy. <laughs> well, yes. I, there, there were a lot. Yes, there was a few. I like that. I like it. Do you too. love doing voiceovers? I do. I haven't done enough of them in the last 10 years, but I do love it. What do you think about the first Asian American cast member, fully Asian American on SNL? I have shamedly to tell you that I have not seen enough of his work to know yet. So I don't know. I am not a regular watcher anymore. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's a bad answer. Uh-huh. I know. I'll watch it. How is he? He's fucking great. Oh, great. Then I'm thrilled. He's fucking amazing. Amazing. And gay. Well, all right. And just Bonus. out and fucking talented. Yeah. Love it. And then we had that whole, you know, Shane Gillis thing, you know, with him. Uh, it's, I, it's just an awful situation. But I, I just am so happy he's on there. Me too. Okay. What else? What the fuck is that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you wrote in your little diary notebook. Lyrics hung and came. Oh, lyrics hung. Slanty eyed mama. Oh, lyrics hung. Yes. I fucking write shit. So she, she's someone who also went to, she was Correct. a, she, all right. So Lyris Hung. I was introduced to yeah. Lyris Hung, who is an incredible violin player, electric violin yeah. player. Yeah, balls. Yeah, I was introduced to her through an opera singer friend of ours at Juilliard. See, these are the kind of stories I live for and I want right. to, to live. So great. So my opera singing friend, Shelly, who is now a burlesque star. Shelly what? Watson. No, nope. oh, yeah. but no she, she's a burlesque star in New York City, uh-huh. but she was an opera student at the Juilliard. Mm-hmm. She says, you got to meet this, this rad electric violinist, Lyrish. She's badass. She has tattoos. You're going to love her. You're so rock and roll. And she's so rock and roll. Right. So that's how we met. And I recruited Lyrish to do Birth of an Asian, actually. I just right. wanted incidental music. I just wanted music between the characters. Right. But then we started working together. And, like We had this one character called, you know, the spoken word artist or whatever, right. making fun of spoken word, you know. Yeah. And, I, and we started 
doing these pieces as a joke. And I was like, this is kind of good. Funny, right. Like, what if we just went to the New York Poets Cafe right. and fucking threw down and did some poems, like actual right. poems. So that's how Me Love You Long Time, which is the first song yes. we ever wrote, came up. And we went to New York Poets Cafe and people were like, what the fuck is this? Because it was really rad. It was right. rad. It was like straight up spoken word, angry and crazy, just like, you know, the best spoken word, but with this crazy violinist right so then we did like gigs at the bowery poetry club in new york just to try it out and then we started touring as a band and also doing these three that's so awesome so we went to lots of colleges we went to la grand performance what is it like i wrote colleges down because you we went to the michigan women's music yeah five times wow lesbo central lesborific so colleges yeah which have you done a lot of that I have not done in years. Mm. First of all, you can't, they're telling kids what, they're telling comics what they can and cannot say. Like I said, I haven't been on stage like that for five right. years. So it's just, partly because of that. Right. It's, who the fuck are you to tell me what the Listen, fuck I'm I can say? by your trigger warning, okay? Fuck your trigger warning. Fuck Hashtag you. I'm triggered. Here's my thing about trigger warnings. I want you to be triggered. Right. I don't want you to sit there eating your bonbons, talking to your friends who are all of the same relative. It's also class this idea that you ideology. can't have a feeling. Like you can't have a feel yeah, like you, you have to be feel protected. Yeah. You're at college. This is where right. you're supposed to question yourself and learn about yourself. It's in ridiculous. The world. So yeah, I do want to say some crazy shit. And yeah, I do want to bring my show Chinkarama. Right. So we can talk about what is the word chink and where does right. it come from and what is the origin of it and how 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 do people use it and how has it changed over time? That right. It's an interesting conversation. If you're absolutely like, La, 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 fingers and ears, I'm triggered by the word chink, then we're never going to get past the word right. chink. So we need to talk about it, but they don't understand. Try explaining that to anybody. So there's no way. Well, no, they don't want to know it. They They've been programmed. Know. You know, I, I can't. And the, and like, I remember there was this artist's work on a campus I went to and it was a, a showing, it was called The Sleepwalker. And he like, it was like a life-size sculpture of a dude in his tidy whities sleepwalking, okay? And it appeared at different places on the campus. It was interesting. It, but it was a... The people freaked out and said they were triggered by it. And wait, I, wait, was it a real person just standing there, or no, no, was no. a sculpture? It was like a sculpture oh, okay. of a dude in his like underwear, right, 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 right. sleepwalking. Okay. You right. know, he wasn't like with a giant boner in my right. face. He wasn't like you it was know, just someone sleepwalking. Where, it was somebody sleepwalking in tidy whities. You know, there was nothing crazy about right. That. But all these like crazy people. I don't know if they were rad. You know, I don't know what they were, but they protested and they. Asked for the thing to get taken down, which I I'm thought so was outrageous. I'm so fucking sick like, I'm of this. By that, and I, you know, my personal, I don't know. I think Fuck it was all you. about. Listen, I'm not blaming the victim of people who have been targeted by, you know, for sexual assault or harassment or. But they're not the ones who are telling you to shut up. They're not the people that say well, those are the ones who took down the sleepwalker because they said they were triggered by his nudity. Okay, so they're triggered. I'm sure. Of I'm sure own, not of yeah. their own abuse, and I'm like, dude, you can't stop an artist for doing the sleepwalker, and then because you, but you that need to wasn't work out your and, issues, right? It's not like the intent of the artist is to trigger people. Yeah, and it certainly wasn't like a piece called "I'm going to rape you right now." Right? You know, I can't take it. I can't. R it's so so. I got crazy, and I, I argued care. with the students on the campus about this. And the only reason I backed down a little is like, all right, you are paying tuition. Right. This is not a public space. You are paying tuition. This is a private space, this college. It's not like, you know, New York City. Right. right. So if you're objecting to this thing and you don't like it, this is your space. Technically, you have the right to ask them to take it down. But I still disagree with the ethos right. you're approaching this question with, you know? I agree. Naked men everywhere. So fucking stupid. Plus, it's underpants. Like, have you right. ever I know. Game of Thrones? And also, what if these people walk around, women walk around in like nothing? Shut the fuck up, you fucking I asshole. Hey, when we covered it up with a tube top. So you're doing a lot of you've been doing these I'd say one person shows, but they're not, they're really, not one really one person, shows, person yeah, shows. Kind of. Uh you've sort of said I can't deal with the comedy clubs. For now. For now. I mean it is it is tough and it is the audiences are like, ooh. You know how like, you know, it used to What am to, I gonna talk about? Like honestly, what the I've never, I've wanted, to, I have said this all my life. I wish I could do what's the deal with peanuts? What's the deal with, what's the deal with grape nuts? No right. grapes, no nuts. Yeah. What's the deal? Like, I am not that but writer. But I don't think they're doing that. People they're aren't doing, doing that. I mean, there are some. I'm not going to name them, but they're doing it. It's 
snooze fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's other. No, I'm saying there's there's more people who are not doing. I mean, there's other people who are not doing it. Like we used to be mostly. What's with the grape? Yeah, grape nuts, no grapes, no nuts. Um, I wonder if I stole that from somebody. It was. It is someone's. And but then it's the same thing with the like. There's no chicken and chicken nuggets. Like what part of the nugget is the chicken? I've been watching commercials. What's the deal with that commercial? (laughs) My commercial jokes were all about the colostomy bag commercials. Mine, non-union actors doing them. I mine were about. Uh, the woman who was dressed up as diarrhea and would follow the other woman around as her diarrhea. Like that's her job. Like that she would get stopped on the street and people would be like, wait, are you're diarrhea, aren't what? you? I, mine somehow came came to finger banging. There was a finger. Mine had the the end of this the the my bit on commercials had to do with finger banging. Wow! And it was an old lady, an old non union lady actress. I got to look it up now because it's gonna make me laugh. It's just for my own amusement. I yes, do. it was. It, there was a real ad for a finger bang machine, like a tro- Like it was a thing that you could finger bang yourself with. Late at night, there was That's an ad great. for this on VH1. You, wow. Yeah. I, I am fascinated right now with the Peroni's disease commercial where the fucking oh, guy yeah. is with holding a cucumber and a banana. Fuck you. You're, you know, like, I know this is not the oh, equivalent. Cialis. I had a bunch of Cialis commercials. Oh, I did too. the Cialis yeah, too. Cialis. About, yeah, I did a bunch what of those. About? Mine was about how, uh, this, the commercial is set up. So at the end of each scene, the guy is, that's when the guy needs the heart on and they're He's all ready for sex. Right. So it's always like the woman's putting up curtains and then he's like, I'm going to, I'll be right back. Uh, just going to go in the other room and get a heart on. Like, and then. Mine was about walking around with a boner for four hours. Yeah. How painful that would be. And also who needs a four hour boner. Right. Because they're showing them at a party. Right. To hanging out. So right. So he's got a boner. And you got to get, yeah. Time, and you're aware of it and you're looking at it and you're uncomfortable. Right. Because there's they, also. The Cialis, right. They were saying you should take it now so you'll be ready later. Right. So right. I was like, is, how long is yeah. the boner going to last? The other. But the Peronis. Uh, Peronis is like, why wait. Is that, why are they inflicting that shit on me? But also, like you're t- saying it's a like woman. A commercial like where you're like, is one of your tits bigger than the other? Right. Like, yeah, what? they are. But it's, you know, but also like women can't have. You're, we're fighting so that we can have health clinics stay open and you're talking about your fucking crooked dick? I don't think is so. Is it a disease? Like, is it a late progression? Like, do they have a normal dick and then it turns into... I don't know. I'm a lesbian. I don't care. It, I guess they... Henry. Henry. Do men's, do men's dicks, dicks get, later turn into the bent cucumber? Yeah, what happens? always been the bent cucumber? Do they all bend as you get older? He's saying that you're He's born He's saying like that, you're the, born. The commercial implies that you once were normal and right, now, and now all of a sudden turned into no, you know, the Peronis disease. They're implying that you turn into like Lord of the Rings, Hagar, right. thing like as you get older. Like you know, the other thing is Jewish, Jewish penises, penises stay, the stay the same. Okay, here's my thing. He's right though. I didn't see any Jews on that commercial. Yeah, it was all like, "Hi, I'm Chad, and my right. dick used to be strong and long, and, and now, now it's this is all like- I have to say." This is all I have to say, okay? If you need a pill to get a heart on and your dick is curving, okay, you're done. Time you had your fucking sex. You're, it's over. It's time for women. Fuck these guys. Fuck you. Go fuck back. Fuck you. Go we back. don't need you. Okay, Henry, I don't want to hear about you taking Cialis. I've already heard about you taking acid. Why would a teenager need to take Cialis? Because he has to try shit. He has oppa. Positional oh, right. defiance disorder. Well, that's a good. I mean, yeah. all the disorders. At least you don't have Peroni's disease. Yeah, right. Hey everyone, you know what I just did? I tore, I poured, and I enjoyed a packet of Liquid IV because I love Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a major part of my life. And I just worked out with my trainer and I had a delicious lemon ginger liquid IV. That one has a little extra, that has a little green tea in it. And so that's a little caffeinated. So I enjoy that because I needed it today. And you know, it's getting warmer out. And what does that mean? Summer. Oh God, please come. It can't come soon enough. And that means you have to hydrate. And that's what Liquid IV does. It hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, 
and clinically tested nutrients. And it has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in one little stick. And that's why Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Okay? And I love it. I use it every day. Ben's basketball team uses it. It is a science-backed formula that works. It keeps you hydrated. And they have sugar-free. They have sugar-free packets in white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. Okay? I didn't do the sugar-free. Okay. But Elisa does the sugar-free. So what are you going to do? You're going to stay hydrated because it's very, very important. And Liquid IV has been a longtime sponsor and I love them and they are a quality product. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your ordinary, ordinary, can't speak, turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JudyGold at checkout. That's J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, can't even say my name, at liquidiv.com. Got it? You're welcome. Okay, now, <laughs> I, first of all, I, where can people find you? KateRig.com. You can find me at KateRig.com. That's about Two it G's. for right now. Um, com has a lot of videos and music and content. You're, you're so fucking talented. If you're an Asian person, go to SlantyAdMama.com and take a look at the work we've done over the years. I think you'll find something there. I love it. You're That'll so great. Fun. Um, the new movie, Zombie Asian Moms, we are in post for right now, and it's going to make its um, round of the circuit. I'm figuring out how to release. Here's my other thing. is like, fuck the comments, all right? When I made Happy Lucky Golden Tofu Panda Dragon Good Time Fun Fun Show, it's not so a bunch of jerking off 15-year-old guys at home in Iowa can be like, you're fat, or whatever they're going right. to fucking say. I don't care. So I'm trying to figure out a way to release this to the people that want to see it and need to see it without subjecting myself to a barrage. I, I'm going to admit it right now. I don't have the fucking, I don't have the nads, you know, for people to... Take right, me but to task for something that has nothing to do with the show. Right, like but it's like, like it, but that's shit. the that's the fucking social media. Disable the comments. It's just constant. Like you're a kike, you're Comment a dyke. You're, yeah, I don't know how anyone listen. And the thing is, I'm not rich or famous enough right. to protect myself. This is the other thing. Is I realized on Medium when I wrote an article called "My Brown Skin Asian Immigrant Mom." Uh, my mom is a brown-skinned Asian immigrant. She's also a racist. Now what? That was the name. Right. Of yes. The yes. Article, right. I got so much, relatively speaking, shit from white people. White people. And I kept saying, this article... It has nothing to do, you, do with you, white assholes. Were arguing with me. Like, well, wait, maybe, you know, you should just... Shut the fuck up! And my point is, like, when I started deep diving and reading a little bit more... And, like, that was a great article. 20,000 people read it, which is better than my usual blog right. posts, you know. And it was, it was great, and people were in discussion about it. And it was really to put out this idea. But not for white people to attack me. I right. was like, I started reading about these blogs these girls out there, like uh, there's some African-American ones and others who get doxxed and fully attacked in their homes. I don't have like Julianne more money to protect myself mm-hmm. from that kind of shit. So I am running a little scared right now because I don't talk about grape nuts. What's the deal with grapes? What's the deal with nuts? I you get know? it all the time. Like I wrote that Jonathan CNN Nets. article um, about Shane Gillis. Uh, oh yeah, uh, because he yeah, I know. got fired, and I I wrote about that it wasn't because of political correctness. Mm-hmm. It was because here's a you know he did his podcast, said what he wanted to say, and now that it's a corporation, and you can't you know you're working for a corporation, so then they decided it wasn't a proper fit. And my point, I was sort of defending comedy in a way, saying. Mm-hmm. You know, because he was saying I'm pushing boundaries. No, no. George Carlin pushed boundaries. Richard Pryor pushed boundaries. Lenny Bruce pushed boundaries. You know, Joan Rivers pushed boundaries. But to say that using, you know, like you said in the beginning, racial epithets that aren't funny. Like if you're going to make a joke about being well, a rape, be funny for me. I agree right. with you. Right. So but that's if, what I if was. A corporation tries to hire me and they see that my first show is called Chinkarama. They might be like, yeah, we can't right. have this artist so, on our television. Now. Right. What do I do with my life? Right. What I'm saying to you. So and that's th- the corporation. Right. But so now I'm talking about the angry teenagers. Right. Who come and but spend now the I get team. because of my oh, opinion yeah, about it. Um, I have been vilified. 
mostly by these white guy, some not white guy, but mostly white guy comics who were like, you fucking, you know, like who I, and I am right. I just wrote a book about freedom of speech. I am for freedom of speech, but I'm not for blaming, you know, blaming comedy or like, just come on, make it really fucking funny. Yeah, I know. You know he I'm just it was funny uh, and his dumb friends thought it was right, funny. Right, but I said, so. right. So, but I said, look, you know, I listened to it twice and I had no idea this is a quote unquote character. Like, I really listened to yeah, everything. And and I was like, well, listen, it's where's like, the joke? But it's also like he can still go out. Like, that's the thing. You can still go out but and you do know your. The difference between him and Joe Rogan is he got fucking fired. Joe Rogan went and said ching chong, ching chong, ching chong right. on the radio and did not get fired right. and continues to enjoy his career. Right. So that's what I'm saying. I don't actually have the insulation either from the corporation or from the mean kids out there. So I'm like at a moment in my life where I'm like, what am I going to do? Because right. my truth is edgy. My truth is. Right. My truth but it's is your truth and you have to speak truth to power yeah, and that's I, it. I got to tell you something though. Like in this climate where smart people are told they're stupid and right is wrong and everything's upside down. I am not sure, you know, I'm taking a step back and going like, what is my purpose here? Like, is it to create connections? I think now it's to create connections before it was to challenge preconceived ideas. Right, about right. Stuff. That doesn't, it's not that I'm afraid to do what I'm not afraid to do. Well, you can't make connections if you have to. personal safety and that's right. a real it's thing. Right, it's sad. That's, you know, now I That's was, why I don't go to college campuses. Right. I am afraid, not afraid of my personal safety, but just like who fucking wants to get shot I, off I know, I know. For speaking truth to power. Right. That's why I became an activist in the last, you know. Well, you have to, but it's like you whatever. can't, you can't tell someone, you know, take these words out of your vocabulary. Okay, now make your point. You can't fucking do that. Mm-mm. Anyway. Um, so that's that. I was told, you know, I can't work at one of the comedy clubs, um, really? now. And it's really, I was like, oh my God, I am that'll, so, that'll go back. yeah, but it's just, uh, it's that'll never happened. If, 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 whatever. People have been dragged. I mean, all, I don't all know about over. you, all my friends have been dragged off the stage in various, yeah. Scott Thompson has some fantastic, oh, I love the him. stage stories. Now I ask my podcast guests two questions every time. Okay. Uh, we're very pro mental health. I mm-hmm. suffer from anxiety, depression, whatever, ADHD, whatever, every fucking other comic. One, do you take any antidepressants? Have you ever? That's the, is that the question? Yes. I do not currently take antidepressants. I am currently experimenting with CBD to control nice. my anxiety, and I'm finding it fairly successful. And I'm enjoying Excellent. It. I'm very dismayed by the vaping illness and yeah, whatever, because I just now I threw out all my vapes. I'm, like, yeah. I'm not going to fucking die for this. Right. So we're back to the oils and the edibles and stuff. But I loved vaping for that one second. Yeah. I used to smoke back in the day. Yeah. Ooh, I loved smoking. And then yeah. I quit like 15, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. And I thought vaping was my like little. Yeah, you know, I did too. I was like, oh, I can I'm take like, one. People hit. are dying. So that's that. I'd did you hear that, Henry? Okay. And Especially from the pot ones, man. What? No, they're all potentially poison right now. Even the professional ones, unfortunately. I went to MedMen in Los Angeles, trust me. And I went through every vape in their fucking, in their store. Oh, you did? one of these is safe? And they're like, well, maybe this one. So like. Oh, you went to that place. Oh, wow. I did go to that. I was serious Uh, about my vaping. um, Okay. And that, have you ever been on antidepressants? I was on antidepressants uh, when I was 19 and 20. I may have been misdiagnosed and actually had a because then I went on Ritalin yeah. through my early 30s, which helped me a lot. But now mm-hmm. I do none of that stuff. So I'm not sure. Do you if feel good? Or just do I feel good? I'll tell you now that one of my parents has passed away, I feel marginally better. And I'll probably feel a lot better when the other one dies, too. I know it's like I'm like a heretic right now. But wow. That's the truth. So your mom passed away. Mm-hmm. We have a great relationship now. It's fantastic. Did you ever resolve... You can't resolve something with someone who is diametrically different than you in their entire worldview. However, now that she's gone, we have an amazing relationship. That's exciting. And it took a year or two of me thinking about the circumstances that brought her to this country, why she left in the first place. The f- and most of all, my deep, deep, intense gratitude for the life that I have that was made possible by her throwing everything she knew away and trying something new. And it wasn't entirely successful for her. 
but she allowed me like a doorway into the world that I would never right. have had if she had stayed on a farm in North Sumatra. So I am thrilled. And I remember whenever I feel like a failure, I only have to think back one generation to my own grandma and think about what she would think of the amazing freedoms and opportunities. Right. That I have. Exactly. And that's that. Did you ever say, I love you to her. Oh God, yeah. All okay. So, yeah. all right. So, and your she father was just mean to me right until the day she died. All right. But, you know, well, it is. What we it can is. put it in your show. And then your father, how old? He's complicated. He's seventy three now. That's it. He's a baby. Your mother was young. Seventy five. Your mother was my young. Mom died young. My mom died at seventy. He's That's terrible. Now, yeah, it is terrible. And is he? Although it's better for me. Is he dating? He might be married, but he hasn't told me. But I think he might be married. What? Wait. We didn't talk what? about my family for a reason. But yes, he might be married. I'm not sure. Wait. So I suspect he's married. Okay. So the you. signs are pointing to that. Okay. When's the last time you spoke to him? Three weeks ago. Okay. This is so not Jewish, this conversation. <laughs> okay. Can't ring the bell. I know. So wait, your mom dies. Yeah. You have a funeral. Yes. Okay, you're I with did your a very father. Nice eulogy, yes, yes. And, what about and it? it? And is he upset? Is he? My dad led, led a double life. Is all I'm going to say. What? <laughs> you can't tell me he anymore. Was compartmentalized into two kinds of people, and the other one is now here. Do you like the other one? Hmm, it's all right. Wait. So he was your father and a psychiatrist. Yes. And your mother's husband. And, yeah, correct. And then he was someone else. Correct. And you had no idea. Hmm. I didn't know to the extent. I, I sort of thought about, I, you know, it would bubble up in conflict. It's, it's part of the reason my mom died so young. Um, but it would bubble up a little bit. And then when it really, when he dies, I'll talk all about it. But he's still here now. So. Um, God, you're, uh, this, I get first dibs he had this other, on Kate Rigged. He had this other life going on. And so I think now he's just in that life. But I'm not sure. Wow. See, you can't do that with social media anymore. That's right. You can't That's have why a double- he, did, he never even had email. He was so like track. Wow. Covering. He didn't even have a cell phone while my mom was alive. He had a fucking pager. Oh, and you'd God. have to go through an answering service to reach him. So you never knew where he was. Wow. She would stalk him. It was crazy. That's great. <laughs> Congrats. Mazel tov. Um, Okay, here's the last question. Yeah. Now, my podcast is called Kill Me Now because I say that about 12 times a day because I hate Kill everyone me. and everything. What pisses you off? Like makes you fucking like you can't fucking fuck. What pisses me off? Like really fucking like piss you. Nuts. That yeah. Makes me yeah, like yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah punch someone yeah. in the nuts. On yeah. I want to punch people in the nuts all the time. Right. I'm trying to think why. Um, the thing that makes me say, kill me now every day is old shitty boss hog senators and Congress. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Using to listen to anything. Trump makes me go kill me now. Right. And I know it's such a hack question, but it's true. It's, it's so, I know it's not Trump. Trump does not make me say kill me now. Trump was always very clear about who he was. Right. It's, it's these the other fucking monsters. Fucker monsters that are sitting around going, yeah, that's fine. No problem. But like, also, and you look at these committees, it's all white men. Yeah, that. Over fucking that 60. Makes me go kill me now. What yeah. What makes me go kill me now are these councils on women's rights in the Middle East that are right. made up of all men deciding about women's rights. Another right. thing that makes me go kill me now. No, I'm not going to say that one. It's too politically incorrect, but I'll tell you that one off camera. Oh, fuck! Nope, nope. Okay. Don't need the hate mail. Thank you very much. Um, anything that steps on other people's right to just live and have right. nice breakfast and get health care and get a good education. Also, that makes me go kill me now is any of these pieces of shit who are gutting our education. Oh, you know, it's horrible. Betsy DeVos, I would like to kill yes. her and then kill myself. Because okay. the fact that, and all of these people who are doing jobs that have control over other people's but lives. But also, and have no experience. Doing. They've never worked Steve in that yet. Steve Mnuchin, Oh, fuck. Fuck you, Steve Mnuchin. Yeah, what the hell are you yeah, doing right fucking the asshole. And the, head of the current head of the IRS can also suck yeah, my dick. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, Betsy DeVos can suck my dick. Yeah. 
Um, lots of people could suck my dick right really? now. And I'm just pissed about it. I'm pissed about yeah, Melania Trump could suck my dick. I know. She can suck mine, too. She could suck it with her be best campaign. Yeah. What's that even mean? Right. Don't cyber bully. Uh, your stupid S- fucking, fucking husband. Yeah. went after Greta Thurman. I know. Dumb bitch. Ivanka Trump can also suck fuck my dick. Fuck my dick. Right. Get out of New York. Get yeah, out of here. fuckhead. This, I don't know what's going to happen, Julie. I know. I it's just, know. I want that ring. This yeah, it's so heavy looking. Yeah, take a look. Wow. It's, it's so cool. Where'd you get it? Thailand. I like to travel. I've just given up. I've given up on trying to have a, a job or a career. I love and it. All I want to do is see the wonder of nature. I'm going to New Zealand next week. Wow. For how long? Hopefully not anywhere near a volcano. Yeah, right? <laughs> Hashtag too soon. But who the fuck goes? Th- like, how did they who not die? Who a volcano? Who goes, you know what? Put this gas mask I on. know. And put on these, like, who the- I would be like, bye. I'm out of here. It's like- so stupid. Everyone's so fucking no stupid. No Jewish person would walk into the I mouth know. of a volcano. That's true. We got to see what the last names are of the people. <laughs> <laughs> who perished. Who perished. Um... Kate, you're a fucking delight. You're well, so great. I'm so, I've been dying to now. have you on. And I'm glad we did this. I'm glad um, we did too. I hope it's interesting to listen to. Oh something. my God. Yes, it is. Shut the fuck up. We are the world. We are the children. We are the, Remember that? We yeah. are the ones. One day, so let's start living as a child. We're, we're dating ourselves. I know. Sorry. 80s, yeah. That was well. cool. Remember? Yeah, I kind of do. The 80s? Yeah, no cell Were phones. Were you on drugs in the 80s? Mm, I was such an, I was nerdy. I would only smoke uh, pot, really. I was really. a little kid. I didn't do any of that. Yeah, I, I didn't do any. I was uh, doing stand-up. I, yeah. I ordered Spy Magazine to get delivered to my house from New York, and it was the greatest thrill of my wow. life. I remember Spy Magazine? Yeah, yeah. I always dreamed of coming here. I always wanted to live and here. And here you are. And here I am. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Follow Kate Brig. Yeah, Kate. I'm at Kate Rig NYC on Instagram. It's relatively amusing. Yeah, and my Facebook page is active. I, I hate Facebook. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm done I with. Can't it. I'm Twitter. done. I like tweeting. I can't. I don't know. I can't with. Facebook. I'm on it. I just post through my Facebook. Right. I, I can't with the Facebook. I mean, I just do it because I have to. But we're prisoners. I just can't we're stand prisoners. fucking Zuckerberg. Um. Oh, he married an Asian. He did. Yeah. That's a, you know, there's a lot of Jews who marry Asians and Asians the who food. marry Jews. Yeah. Anyway, um, Kate Rigg, thank you for being here. And thank you all for listening. And as we always say, so long! And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.